episode 12. This is Sunshine on Issues, reports from the State House in Tallahassee. Hi, I'm James Call, Capitol reporter for the Tallahassee Democrat. It's a short week, back from the holiday, and next week the 2018 legislative session begins. 24 bills are ready for floor action, and Governor Rick Scott has proposed an $87 billion state budget that the House immediately rejected. It's going to be an all-Republican affair, making decisions about whether to outlaw sanctuary cities, decertify labor unions, and how to improve public school performance in low-income neighborhoods. And this episode of Sunshine on Issues, we talk about why that is. The Florida Democratic Party's numbers problem. It may be generational. This episode of Sunshine on Issues was produced Friday, January the 5th. Hi, it's James. Thanks for making time for our first podcast of the year. During the break, Representative Ramon Alexander and I had a conversation that lasted over the course of a couple of weeks. It started the night he held a town hall on Facebook. When the broadcast was over, you can find it on Facebook, and as we parted, both of us made off-handed remarks about the Democratic Party's performance. And I couldn't let the topic drop, so we continued the discussion and phone calls during the break. That is the starting point for our program today. You see, the Florida Democratic Party has so underperformed the past 20 years that it is hard to find a historical comparison. Noted political writer Bill Connerell uses a fictional sports team, the Washington Generals, foils for the Harlem Globetrotters, as a comparison. The party in statewide elections this century is 4 and 22 and three of those wins belong to Bill Nelson. Alexander is 33. He's a millennial, and the elders of his party have left his generation a mess. They appear so far lost in the wilderness that they can't get a cell phone signal to use GPS to find their way home. But Representative Alexander says he thinks the party has a structure in place to produce a generation of winners. Here are his thoughts. And then we'll bounce them off a couple of political scientists. Mm -hmm. Does the Florida Democratic Party have that appropriate structure to have that conversation? I think I think that um, the, I think I think our party in general has um, um, the structure to accomplish whatever goal um, needs to be accomplished, uh, and I think it's going to be incumbent upon having transformational leaders. Um, um, that understand those values, they have the ability to bring people together to accomplish those goals collectively. Oh, so 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 the problem for the Democrats has been has been a lack of leadership. No, Did I you? didn't say that. No, I, okay. I, just, I just think that uh, uh, what, what what I'm saying is I think it's important that we um, continue to cultivate and develop individuals that have the capacity to be transformational leaders. I don't believe in natural born leaders. I believe that effective leadership is an acquired skill. And, and, and the one thing about a transformational leader, most people see things for what they are. Very few people see things for what they can be. And then they actually have the skill sets and ability to make those things become reality. 
I, I think we're in need of transformational leadership in every facet of society. We're, we're in need of transformational leadership in education. We're in need of transformational leadership in, in the state capital. We're in transformational, transformational leadership in, in the community. Um, what I'm saying is that we have the structure to do it. It's just incumbent upon us to continue to grow and remain steadfast so that we can accomplish the goals. Um, so so, so, so what, do you, what do you think happens? Why has the Florida Democratic Party been the minority party for, for almost a generation now? Uh, uh, gerrymandering. Uh, uh, creating a system designed to pick winners and losers. Uh, when, when you have more registered Democrats in the state of Florida than Republicans, but you have a, a lopsided uh, um, a legislature, uh, that, 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 that tells you, that, that, show, that shows you right there. This is a purple state. Um, and this is this state. If you were to look at the numbers, it's pretty much split down the middle. When you look at the last two governors' races, the governors' races were determined by one percentage point. When you look at the presidential elections, it has it's been back and forth, Republican Democrat, Republican Democrat. That means that our our, our lines are not reflective of the demographics and the demo- geographic um, dynamics of this state. All that said, sir. All that said. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. But but you, but you represent North Florida. And, yes, sir. And I, I travel the counties of North Florida, the Panhandle. Right. I see a disconnect with the people living in rural North Florida and with the Florida Democratic Party. Do, you, you don't see that? You think it's gerrymandering? No, I think I think gerrymandering is a part of it. Uh, okay. It, it, is, it, is, it is a multifaceted um, dynamic. Uh, when you look at it, um, uh, we've, we've, had, we've had turnover. Uh, we've had um, other challenges as well. Um, I think, uh, you know, in, in reference to, you know, developing. Um, give me one second, James. Sure. I, I think I think it's, it's multifaceted. We just can't point to one thing. One of those things is voters of Alexander's age group. Generation Xers and Millennials make up half of Florida voters. They may turn out for a primary, but then they go missing in November if their candidate does not win. Their turnout in 2016 was off by 15%. UCF political scientist Aubrey Jewett puts that number in perspective. Younger voters have traditionally um, been uh, a curse and a blessing for the Democratic Party. You're right. The, the, the blessing is that they do lean Democratic and tend to vote Democratic, but the curse is they don't turn out reliably or as or at as high levels as older voters. And so, yeah, that's always a challenge um, and certainly seem to be, you know, part of the equation, uh, you know, for Trump winning um, Florida, for Rick Scott being able to win, you know, by one point, et cetera. Um, but particularly, in fact, I'd say particularly for both of Scott's wins, um, since they were the off-year elections, and you tended to have uh, depressed turnout, you know, among Democrats, right? Because you had mm-hmm. Obama was able to win, and then two years later, the Democrats lost, and then Obama was able to win again by a smaller margin, but still win, and then uh, once again, uh, two years later, you know, they lost. And if you're a Democrat, you certainly want to get the the progressive wing to turn out and be excited like they were under Barack Obama, right? Because he won twice in Florida. So you, if you could do that, you know, that's what you want. You want to get him, you want to get him excited um, while at the same time, not totally um, chasing off 
moderates, quite mm-hmm. frankly, right? I mean, that's yeah. you know, Obama was able to do that successfully. He, he sort of positioned himself as certainly he was a liberal progressive, but he he in all of his ads, especially the first time around when he was introducing himself, he he tried to say, oh, you know, I'm just like sort of a reasonable you know moderate guy and we're just you know what we want to expand health care but this is how we're going to do it you know and we, we, we're going to raise taxes but only on the wealthy you know and everybody else is going to get a cut or say the same you know so he tried to really present himself but former president barack obama is an exception in many different ways especially when it comes to forging a winning coalition that's what usf political scientist susan mcmanus told us when we tracked her down in the wilds of michigan Cell phone reception was spotty, and we played phone tag for an afternoon. But the gist of the conversation was that it is better to build a party from the ground up, something that has enabled the Florida GOP to maintain control through three governors, than it is to wait for a transformational leader to arrive. Still, McMahon has said the Democrats have to do a better job of enticing younger voters to stay committed. So you need a transformational leader to, to attract the younger people, but that's not really party building. That might be winning an election. Well, party building, if they want to continue the party, they're going to have to you know, entice people because so many younger ones are registering as no party affiliation. And honestly, if you want to look at why Hillary Clinton lost Florida, it was the younger voters whose turnout was low because they, Bernie Sanders didn't get it. And, you know, so I understand the schism within the party is largely generational. And the younger Democrats want a different kind of leader because they're closer to those two generations of millennials and Gen Xers that are, you know, a pretty sizable portion of all of our total registrants. But they're not participating in party activities and they're not necessarily identifying as Democrats. And unless they like the person, they tend not to show up. And that's what transformational means, somebody that can engage the younger, the younger uh, Floridian. So how do you reach the younger voters then? I think you have to go young to young. And that's why some of these more shrewd campaigns now are getting the younger people involved in the social media part of it. And the kinds of events that they have and where you go and um, be seen uh, is, you know, certainly college campuses and the environment there. I mean, that's where you start because it's the college students that vote, not their non-college friends. Yeah, but but I've always, it, it, it seems that, that the younger voters don't show up. I, I always thought that maybe they, like the focus on the younger vote was, was maybe misplaced. Well, I think it used to be that way, but now, you know, the bottom line is in terms of registration, purely registration, in 2016 presidential, the, the millennials and Gen Xers were 50% of voters registered voters. People missed that over and over again. You can't ignore them in a state where elections are won repeatedly by 1%. Right. Uh, four in a row, two presidential, two governor's races, the margin of victory has been 1%. And when you've got almost half your electorate younger people, you can't ignore it. You've got to at least attract enough of them your way that, you know, that they can help you at least win uh, or stay in the game, so to speak. That's our podcast this week. 
Sunshine on Issues, episode 12, is produced by Ashley White for the Tallahassee Democrat in the USA Today Network, Florida. I'm James Call, Tallahassee Democrat Capital Reporter. The Florida legislative session starts January 9th, so we'll be back next week with a report from the State House on the session's first week. Until then, my friends, and as always, thank you for your time.